1: amen well we think we can we think we can or else we wouldn't be here and uh uh, that's the joy of this half hour is uh to meet with people who i get the privilege of introducing you to who are all people who are out in the world one way or another uh making a difference and uh uh their insights and words of encouragement will help us all to do the same. And uh, that's why we're here. Uh, that's that's why we're committed to uh, grace turned outward like to, we let it's what we like to call it here at the catch. Grace turned outward God's incredible grace to us, which, Once you have experienced it and once you have been forgiven and seen yourself as a scoundrel, you really are. And then you get forgiven and realize that God looks on you and sees, sees his son and sees perfection. And you just, you didn't do a thing. You just, uh, you just received it. And uh, that, what that does is uh make you want to turn around and give that same grace to everybody so that's that's what we're here to do is uh, help you do that and our guest uh today is someone that is not new to our audience by any by any stretch we have had him a number of times on uh block talk radio and uh then in our in our in our recent uh step into creating a new song, which we'll be having more to talk about later on, but uh, please welcome back to Block Talk Radio, our good friend, Paul Clark. Welcome, Paul.
0: Thank you, John, and welcome to hear all the people tonight listening, so um, Yeah I can hear them all talking. Do you hear them talking right now? Hear, yeah. I hear, I hear them. No, no, nope, I don't hear them. No, it's great. It's always great to be on your show, John, because we always have a good time. It's always in the spirit. The Holy Spirit shows up, and he called me this afternoon and I said, "Yeah, I'll do it. Sounds great." It was was always a joy.
1: Cool, cool. Uh, Now you you are at your home in uh, in Missouri. Is that right? A little town called
0: Herman, Missouri. Two N's. H E R M A N N. It's uh, about an hour southwest of St. Louis. Uh, Heidi and I moved down here uh, into an 1837 stone wine um, cellar house, art stone winery. It's connected also to a log cabin. It's a 14 acre lake. It's gorgeous. and We love it. It's a little town of 2000. It's like being in high school. We're in a little bubble down here. Everybody's very uh, patriotic, very free, and it's not some utopia. The history of this without getting... as Time goes by so fast, but in 1837, okay. 192 Germans from Philadelphia came out here to, to build a German utopia. Our main street, Market Street, is exact width of what Philadelphia was in 1837. So, anyway, wow. a lot of things. Uh, they came out here to grow wine, and they were told that the weather was really fantastic in December. So, 192 brave souls came out through the wilderness to Hermann, <laughs> Missouri, on the Missouri River in December. Now, it's not Santa Barbara out here in December. It's It's... It's bad, and half the people died the first winters, quite or not. Anyway, wow. a lot of uh, history here. A lot of families still, a lot of families are four and five generations of uh, from the beginning, so it's uh it's a lovely place to live right now. It's a little bubble. If we stayed here all the time, it might be too much of a bubble, but we like going out still and traveling and doing concerts and preaching the gospel. But, but we've also got quite a little foothold here in town that we've built a lot of great friendships, and uh have made an impact to the gospel for sure
1: That's uh, wonderful that's wonderful um, and you tell I, I i just briefly remember you telling me a story about um about one of your neighbors oh God, I don't remember that much about it one of your neighbors who you found out was a christian uh older lady um, am i am I ringing any bells? Well, yeah. we do
0: have a neighbor who's a wonderful Japanese lady up, just up the hill from us uh, who's a believer. Uh, our next door neighbor down the lake away is the worship leader of the church. <clears throat> we were attending when we first cool. moved here.
1: Cool. Uh-huh.
0: But, but um, We've made some really unique friendships here. Uh, really unique. I mean, one of my favorite things is we don't have TV, so I went down to the local bar where all the locals go. Now, we have Sixteen wineries and seven distilleries in this little county here. This is called this is basically the Napa Valley of the Midwest. Okay. And, uh, people, people ask us all the time, hey, let me buy you a glass of wine. Uh, Sorry we don't drink. Oh, hey, how about a steak? Oh, and we're vegetarians. What in the heck did you move to Herman for? You know? <laughs> so, but we have really enjoyed being here, not to, not to be out like that. But one night, just a quick story, I went uh, to watch the Chiefs uh, to move from Kansas City. I used to be the chaplain do chapel service. I was the chapel because it wasn't just one, but I did chapel services uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs from '79 to '99 and the Royals. But uh, I walked in the bar; it's packed. You know, everybody's watching the Chiefs play. They go to the Super Bowl. It was the game before the Super Bowl, and wow. so I kind of found this little small seam. I kind of squeezed in, and the guy, he literally six foot five guy, just elbowed me right out of the spot. Just reject. Eh, you're out of here. Well, he had a Joe Montana shirt on. So I said, hey, cool, old-school Joe Montana. He goes, yeah, he's my favorite growing up. And he's, this guy's tattooed like from his earlobes on down. And huh. uh, so I said, yeah, I used to do chapel service for the Chiefs, and Joe Montana was one of my neighbors. He goes, nah, you're full of, you know what. And I pulled my phone. There's a reason I carry a one-gig iPhone, because I carry around about 2,000 testimonies of things I've done in my life that no one believed <laughs> until they see a picture. <laughs> so I pulled the picture up of me and Joe Montana, in the locker room, me and Marcus Allen, me and Joe Montana, out by the house, our houses, our kids, and my daughter used to babysit for the kids sometimes. And so I pulled these pictures out, and he went haywire. Well, the next week I came in, he made room for me at the bar, I was packed out again, but he lifted me off the ground about my foot. He said, "Molly's pregnant." I said, "Well, then you need to stop living in sin and get married. We'll we'll fund the wedding. We'll have it down to our Art Stone wine cellar. Let's do it." And a couple of weeks later rented the tux rented, did eric put on the show for him and his parents came up from springfield his friends from the bar and i married that couple uh right here oh. in our house in the basement oh. and they are thriving the lord right now is thriving with jesus and um it's just been just another one of the wonderful relationships that god's brought to our lives since we met herman so it's, it's uh, fun.
1: that's so cool you well that's
0: got to that, go that, out yeah. you gotta go out amongst them you know well i don't know
1: <laughs> that's a, uh, a a beautiful beginning uh, to what, actually, to what we want to talk about. Um, it is. I, I, didn't, I didn't plan yeah. on saying that story, but
0: the Holy Spirit yeah. always leads us. So that's—it's no that's surprise right. me that story would pop up.
1: Because <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I really want to talk about about relationships because um, you know that's I. We really believe uh, here at the Catch that the Holy spirit is speaking to us about, about relationships being the key to uh, our life. And uh, it's, it's the way we lead people to the Lord, just like your story there. Uh, It's the way, it's the way we live with one another. It's the way we um, carry God's spirit and, uh, and share it with one another. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's it's like we've been talking a lot about a Jesus revolution, and I I think I think right now we need a we need a revolution of relationships. And uh, yes, that's uh uh so I- anything you can you can uh, <laughs> encourage us with along those lines. Uh, I loved your I loved your little thought. Today that I just caught on Instagram About uh, About the bond of love So uh, whatever you yeah. want to jump in And share with us would be great Well let me start with that one Then if
0: you uh, get on Facebook Or Instagram Paul Clark Music or Paul Clark You can find my poster today uh, I'm building an addition to our house And I've got the structure done With modern wood but I'm skinning the whole thing With 1840 Barnwood that came up a barn and a house and let me tell you, the wood of 1840 is a lot different composition than the wood huh. of 2023. I actually weighed a 2x6 the other day, and then I, with a different scale, started stacking modern 2x6s on top. And it took five 2x6s, the same weight of one 2x6 from
1: 1840.
0: Wow. Then, the game, then it really got interesting. I put the board up, and got it all ready to go, shot my 3.5-inch nail gun into it.
1: It
0: just ricocheted. What happened? It didn't even penetrate the two-by-six. It, it just literally kind of went in about an eighth of an inch and just skewed off the right. Luckily, I was wearing safety glasses. And but it, it, yeah. Wow. The, the grain is so dense. But, you know, I want to say something about hardwood and hard hearts. I'm going to just transition. In the, in the little post today, I was talking about, this piece of wood I really wanted to use because on the outside of it, cosmetically, it had such beauty. It's the one I wanted to use to make it fit in the puzzle, the um, uh, kitchen cabinets I'm building and the, the bathroom vanity I'm building right now. And it just – it was a perfect board. The only problem was it split in three places, and it had grown apart by at least a half an inch. That's a lot of distance. I don't know if you're yeah. trying to squeeze – uh, a one-inch piece, a real one-inch piece of oak from 1840 and try to squeeze it back together with your own bare hands. It doesn't work out. So I gave it a little analogy about how this glue, this carpenter's glue, was like the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus bonds us together in his covenant.
1: Hmm. And the
0: clamp I was using, the big steel iron clamp I was using, as I got it in the jaws of the clamp and started turning the handle ever so slowly, the wood started to move, It started to move, started to move. And by the time I made six or seven cranks, it was tight as the day it split. I mean, you couldn't Hmm. see the seam, and it was perfect. And I just started thinking about how the world right now, I think I can just speak for myself, but also I think I'm speaking for a large number of people. Like I said, I see and observe traveling and talking to people are really tired of broken relationships. People are tired of all the division that came through COVID, all the people that couldn't go to weddings, couldn't see their parents in the hospital, couldn't go to funerals, couldn't go to church. Relationships took a hit and broke down. Family members divided, fathers and mothers against their children. I mean, just relationships took a huge hit through all the political pressure uh, of the compliance. And people are exhausted from it, even though, COVID supposedly over stuff. The division has not stopped. In fact, it's continued because that is Satan's plan is to conquer and divide. This is not an old, a new trip. This is, I mean, go, for me, it goes back to Karl Marx. You know, eighteen forty, eighteen fifty. 1850, it's conquer, divide, it's hang ten rich people, start things on fire, and start a revolution, you know, burn things down. So <clears throat> I just look at all the relationships of people. Their relationships have burnt down. They're, they're ones, that people they really loved, and they're tired of their relationships burning down. Every relationship seems to be under immense pressure right now. It doesn't matter mm. if it's your marriage, your children, your coworkers at work. People are feeling the pressure. They're feeling financial pressure. They're feeling political pressure. They're feeling religious pressure. There's, you know, talks of revival, but, you know, where is it? I just watched an incredibly depressing show on uh, 60 million Russian Christians you know, Being tortured and killed Over a long number of decades but, uh, It just mm. made me so sad But I was This morning I was reading just the word of God No no particular read to the Bible thing I mean, Just, But I opened up Colossians I came to a verse um, Let me just read this real quick It says therefore you know, This is uh, Colossians 3, 12 I'm going to read 12 through 14 Control through 15. I'll set it up with this. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has complaints against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do also. Now that's I to stop there for a second because wow. does that sound like what we're seeing a lot of on the street today? Tender mercies, no. Kindness, nope. no. Humility, no. Meekness, no. Long-suffering, no. Forbearance, no. You know, the big word is tolerance, but the, the people that are yelling tolerance are the most violent people. They're, <laughs> people. They're like, tolerate me. I demand, I demand you to tolerate me, you know. It's like, what in the <laughs> world? So let's move on. So it says, but a verse, A-L-L, three little letters, above all. All is all. All is not partial. It's not a percentage. Above all these things, the ones I listed before, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And I was using Hmm. that board as an analogy that the bond, the bonding agent, the blood of Jesus is the bonding agent that not only holds us in relationship with Jesus Christ, with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but is the only bond that truly brings us together as a community of believers. It's the only hope that people without Christ have to be truly bonded to faithful people that love them. Relationships go along for a while, move in their girlfriend, whatever, boom, it blows up, right? Yeah. In a good marriage, you have things that come against you that try to blow it up. But what is it that holds it together? It's the bond of covenant that brings you back together, Brings you back to that place of humility. Brings you back to that place of of meekness and saying, I don't know if I was wrong or not wrong. It's not important to me now. I just want to be one with you. I want to be one with you. The starvation factor of wanting to be one, not wanting to be alone, not wanting to be just lost in your own oneness. uh, That is Hmm. the cry of the human heart. We have to belong. Adam was alone. It wasn't good. So when I read this, above all, and literally, another version said, I like the other version I was reading this morning because I quite often read the message or ESV or something just for morning newspaper kind of vibe. But it says, above all these things, dress yourself. Like, put on the garment huh. of love because the garment of love is the bond and the covenant of perfection that brings us together. Now, the next verse, 15, says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you also were called in one body and be thankful. Wow. I mean, if, if the world lived like that, we'd be living in a fully different world. I mean, we're we're living right now in an upside-down world. Everybody knows the verses in Isaiah about that, which is right, wrong, and wrong is right, and, and evil, good, and It just that we're living in that time. Uh, it's interesting that this yeah. morning when I finished reading those verses, I'll come back to it yeah. in a minute, finished reading those verses, I, the wind blew in my, in my pages of my Bible, and it flew back to my last kind of bookmark, which was Isaiah one. If you ever read Isaiah one, man, it's it's pretty pretty dark. I mean it's about the sinful nation, people laid with iniquity, the evildoers and children of corruptors, and they provoke the Lord's anger and you know, it's just it just goes right down the list of the more just I mean, everything the multitudes and multitudes and, and the Lord has his answer. You know, I'm sick of your your moons, your Sabbaths, your festivals, your assemblies, your sacrifices. I'm sick of that stuff, you know. They're trouble to me, God says. I'm weary of bearing them. When you spread your hands, I will hide my eyes. Wow, I mean, this is now sounds like a war, you know. So I think of our world right now, I think people don't realize we're in a spiritual war. Really, this is a spiritual war. This isn't bombs and rockets and missiles yet. That's coming more. It's coming soon, actually, to a theater near you. <laughs> We are in a spiritual war. The last four years, things have, the velocity has kicked in. Yeah. I know I said this statement before in the program. In baseball, there's an old saying: "You can't hit what you can't see." And that's, I think, the reason people are so fatigued right now. They can't see the fastball into the champ it's going by. They don't see it. Nolan Ryan striking them out three pitches. And I think that's hmm. what. I'm not equating Nolan Ryan to Satan. Don't don't get me wrong there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Satan is delivering a fastball under the chin right now. He's throwing nasty sliders and dirt. People are not swinging, or when they do swing, they're not making contact, and they're not going to make contact because they don't have the covenant power that comes through the blood of Jesus. They're not going to make contact. You might make a connection. That connection will be short lived. It'll be challenged and broken up by a work, or finances, or I thought you said that. I thought you said that. We thought the thought that we thought. You know, whatever. And we know that the, there is no peace, peace, peace. There is no peace, and mm-hmm. we're living in a time of crazy, crazy division right now. It's
1: just amazing. So. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, it was uh, just to hear you read that long list of uh, words that you said. Uh, are we seeing any of this today, like kindness and humility, right. and and tender mercy? And, I know it's a you know isn't it amazing how foreign those words even sound to us? We well then when you, when you even
0: exhibit those towards people like just open the door for somebody at the store, they don't walk through it right the way they're kind of like distrusting like what, what are you doing this for you know?
1: <laughs> you're gonna
0: rob me? You gonna pick my per you know pick my pocket now or what's the purpose of this you know? So uh, yeah you can yeah. Re- you can really disarm people. I was in a very 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 bad neighborhood. Uh, last Saturday night, very bad. And I, I, I ended up there unplanned with my oldest son, Joel. That's where a concert we went to. And we ended up over in this area in Kansas City, Kansas. And it was a sketch. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. and The guy in front of me, the car in front of me, opened his trunk up. And he took his jacket off. He had eight guns on his vest, like Velcro to his, to his vest. And then I was freaking out. So what do you do? Do you duck in the car and hide? I, I, I've i always made a habit of doing the opposite. I just opened my door and got out, alarmed him. He turned and looked at me. I said, hey, dude, I noticed your shirt was in five. My dad was a Marine, so it was my great-grandpa. And my grandpa, I mean, thanks for serving. I went reached my hand out, shook his hand. It kind of freaked him out, you know. He's African-American. I'm white. I'm 70 17-year-old white man with white hair. He's African-American, young guy. And he, I, yeah. I, just, I just disarmed him by, by doing something that was unthought of, you know. And, uh, you know, we started talking. And I said, man, I really appreciate you serving. And I said, when I was ten years old, my dad and my grandpa took me to the Eta Gemma statue, and I wanted to be a marine my whole life. But I got disqualified by drugs. But God called me to a different war and called me to be a preacher. And we started talking, and we had fantastic fellowship right in the middle of the, you know all this <laughs> cacophony, these, these parties in the street. Every party had a private officer like that guarding the wow. house. <laughs> so I was wow. in a sketch neighborhood, but you know, here isn't it just amazing that kindness and I just I was able to disarm him so quickly through kindness and showing it um you know just being kind It of wasn't there to cause trouble he was born to him we talked for a while he says man I've never had anybody come up to me especially a white guy going to me in the middle of two o'clock in the morning in a bad neighborhood and just yeah. start talking love to me you know he says this has <laughs> really
1: been blessed <laughs> isn't so, that wonderful wow yeah so wow.
0: that's I think we need to disarm people with uh, the love yeah. of Christ. We need to, we need to ke- cause them to put their guns down, put their distrust down, put down their anger, their hate, all the things that they have learned to live by because we're being programmed. You know, just yeah. slowly but surely the propaganda is, is seeping into our bloodstream, into our
1: thought life, into our actions.
0: Yeah. It's, it's just amazing how far things yeah. have slipped
1: well, then, then we're also, uh, you know, we're so suspicious of everybody, absolutely. And, uh, and and when you don't trust anybody and you're suspicious and you think they're out to get you, well, then they probably are. You know, I mean, we uh, are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we've got to think differently <clears throat> about people. And you, you obviously thought differently about that guy. Um, absolutely, than he was out to get you. You were. You were you were looking for a place to connect with him um, as a as another person who was loved by God. You know, I mean, and isn't and isn't it
0: wonderful that the love of God actually protected me?
1: Because I didn't have yeah.
0: love in my heart, I would have never got out of that car and
1: approached him like that. You know, but oh, yeah.
0: I, I was confident. I was confident in the, with the love of God that I could disarm him. Yeah, you know? amazing,
1: so. amazing. I know we're well, on a time
0: clock. I got one more good story to tell you, if you don't mind. One more story. Okay, okay, we got time. So <laughs> about, I'll make it very quick. I'm going to tie this together into our, in our into the scripture we shared. Uh, about three weeks ago, uh, I was up in Kansas City seeing my same son, Alvina, and we were watching golf. And my good friend Bernard Langer, not name dropping, he was one of my really close friends. Uh, at the end of the third round, it was Lee in the U.S. Senior Open Golf Tournament. And I know he didn't have any family members with him because nobody expected a 66-year-old man to win the U.S. Open. That's just not going to happen. The oldest person ever won the U.S. Open was 55. So he had everything going against him. But here, after three rounds, he was a two-stroke lead going the final round. And I looked at my phone, and my son goes, you're thinking about it, aren't you, Dad? I said, what? He goes, you're thinking about going up to Wisconsin. I said, well, I just looked, at 629 miles to that clubhouse from right here. And he goes, yeah. well, it's 8 o'clock. So just then, a friend of mine who's walking across America, who was staying here for three weeks a couple of months ago, happened to call me. I said, where are you, Colton? He says, well, I'm here in Kansas City. I said, so am I. What? So 10 minutes later, he's in my car, and we're on our way to Wisconsin. We stop and get a blow-up mattress, shove it in the back of my SUV at 1 in the morning, take a three-hour nap. He keeps sleeping while I get up and start driving, because we've got to make his tea time for 1134. <laughs> I know this can be very close. So I drive through the night as long as I can. Finally, I can't drive one more minute. I wake up Colton. Now, he's been walking for 14 months. He hasn't driven a car for 14 months. Started in Delaware. He's been walking across America. Wow. He gets me on the wheel. I fall asleep immediately. I wake up. It seemed like it a minute later, but it was an hour later. He says, hey, I hate to wake you up, but this officer needs your registration for your car. I open my eyes. I look, and there's a state trooper looking at me. He says, I need your registration. I said, what's the problem? He says, well, your friend driving here is going 90 to 70. I said, <laughs> I said, that's crazy. He hasn't driven a car for 14 months, and he just got a citation for going 90 to 70. I gave him the registration <laughs> papers. and went back to his car. He came back. And he said, well, I lowered it to 85 to help you out and be a less fine. Why well, am I my phone going recording? Because I thought it was funny, you know, that we were getting stopped. And all of a sudden he goes, you lowered it to 85. I go, just a second. If he's going 90, he's going 90. Why are you lowering it to 85? Because you're an officer of the law. You're supposed to be keeping the truth. And now you have not telling the truth. He's sort of like, you know, proving yourself to be an evildoer rather than an officer. He looked, at me like, he looked at me like I was on drugs or something, you know. And I said, well, if he's going 90, he's going 90. He just looks at me and he walks away. He says, have a nice day. And he walks away. <laughs> he, he, he was shocked by the truth. I think that's the point I want to make is that people will be shocked if we speak the truth in love. If we, you know, offer up our tender mercies, the, the kindness, the humility, the, the agape love that comes through His strength. Once again, His strength, not our strength. The, the bar clamps prove that it pulled together. My strength cannot pull the oak together. The bar clamps and the glue did, and that's where we've, we've got to put our trust. Let the power of the Holy Spirit,
1: through His agape love, be our confidence. Wow, Wow. Well, that's amazing. Well, did you make did you make tea time? We got there at 11.31. The, P- the USGA called me. The president called me. She said, I've got
0: a parking space right by the clubhouse. There's an officer waiting for you at Lot B. We entered Lot B. We drove up to the players' parking lot. The first base got out. She gave us our lanyards. We threw him on our necks. We ran down between the first between the practice green and the first tee. I saw Bernhard. He saw him. He said, hey, bro. high five each other. He walked up to tee. He was planning us to guide a local 10,000 people in the course all pulling for Jerry Kelly, who's a great guy, a good guy. But, you know, Bernard was severely outnumbered. And Bernard just full of happiness that we were there. I'm sure it helped that he went out there and birdied one, two, four, six, and nine. He had a three stroke lead to turn. And he won by two strokes. So it was really a blast. And here's a little caveat to the end of the story. I brought the citation. It's about two feet long by a foot wide. I mean, it just goes on forever all the information on it. And Bernhard saw it took his Sharpie because he was signing all these USGA things for their flags and, and, uh, you know, posters and stuff. He grabs Colton's ticket. He puts, to Colton, thanks for going fast, Bernhard Langer. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for going fast. Thanks for going (laughs) fast. He he thought the story was fantastic. He said, thanks for being on time for my tea time.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a great. That's a great. Sometimes story. speed
0: kills in the right
1: way. <laughs> so, tell the truth. Return good for evil. Love people. Care about them. Uh, boy, all all the things that God wants us to be are so going to stick out these days. They they are because. Well, wasn't, just, that the, wasn't that wasn't that wasn't that the power of the
0: Jesus movement? Yeah. the explosive power of everybody witnessing in love. People That's couldn't true. handle it. People couldn't handle it. They were, they were like offended because you're like, we're loving them so
1: hard. They're like, I can't handle all this love. What are you, why are you doing that? <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. Well, Paul, thank you so much. It's always wonderful to uh, chat with you and thanks for this very practical, uh, help today. And, uh, I think you've given us some, some things to think about. So, I like the word
0: you use, practical. Because usually right now today, yeah. every talk show and stuff, you know, they want to hyper-spiritualize and bring out things that are new yeah. and unspoken. So just get back to the basics here. Kind of love each other. Back to basics. Okay, my friend. Love you.
1: Love, love you, wife. Love you,
0: right to catch and yep. keep the work going. In yep. Jesus' name.
1: Okay. Amen. I shall. Bye-bye.
0: Take Bye-bye. care.
1: How's that, folks? That was wonderful. Always to great. Catch with to have Paul. On Blog Talk Radio. God bless you connecting light to faith. Keep walking in love together, and in the Lord. To help the You'll make a difference wherever you go. God bless.